This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We've got a great program scheduled to you, uh, for tonight, and we're here with Coach Parnes Cartwright and Derek Hughes from the Miami Heat Wheels. They are Miami's National Wheelchair Basketball Association team, and they just recently got back from competing in the national tournament, which I believe only the top 25 uh, uh, wheelchair basketball teams nationally are invited to compete within. Uh, We'll also hear from the aspiring producer and director of Rebound the Film, a documentary which is following the Miami Heat Wheels basketball team. Uh, We'll be hearing from Mike Esposito and Shayna, Shayna Korn. Anyhow, if you'll indulge me for just a moment, I'd like to take a moment to address you about Donald Sterling. It's a controversy that I think everybody has heard a lot about. And in recent weeks, there's been pushback by those who believe that Donald Sterling, while extremely despicable and unlikable, still belongs somehow within the NBA. Now, I would tell you that on legal grounds, what his ex-girlfriend did may have been wrong. It may have been illegal, Uh, but it still happened. And it still obviously reflects things that have been going on behind the scenes in that organization for probably many, many years. Now, all of that is despicable, but what it took for the NBA to act was not a despicable act. What it took for the NBA to act was losing its sponsorship. And for all of those defending the indefensible Donald Sterling, think about that for a minute. If nobody wants to come work for you, which is what happened. The NBA Players Association was ready to boycott the playoffs rather than to continue working for this man. The sponsors, they left. The sponsors, the NBA lost eight sponsors in three days, not three business days, over the weekend. How is it that this man still would have the right to own a franchise in a basketball league such as the NBA. How it is is that his peers have rejected him. And whether they were ready to reject him on Friday, on Monday, after the commissioner made his announcement of the lifetime ban, they appear ready to reject him permanently. Well, how can this be done? The NBA actually released a copy of their heretofore secret bylaws and constitution. These are two documents that govern how the NBA has been run for decades that were obscure and they were private information. The NBA had no reason to release them as a league of owners who own these very, very valuable ball clubs. uh, It was their right to keep those documents private, but they made them public. And within them, there are numerous clauses, but one of the most important is the authority granted to the commissioner of the NBA. And I think that in this case, that authority was used wisely by Adam Silver in one of his first yet potentially defining acts of his career as an NBA commissioner following the incomparable David Stern. 
But the power that's given him by those documents is virtually unchallengeable. For those people who think that this is going to create a long legal battle, I disagree. I think that the suspension of Donald Sterling, according to those documents, has the power of an award of an arbitrator, and few courts wish to overturn those kind of rulings. Furthermore, any termination of his franchise would be by a vote of the owners and could happen at any time. Very simply put, if people don't want to do business with you, you cannot force them to keep you inside of their club or association. It's not due process. That's an agreement. And Mr. Sterling did not live up to his end of the agreement. And it's for the other 29 owners and the commissioner of the NBA to decide whether he should stay or go. And I believe they're making the right decision by making him go. This is the Only in Miami show. And we'll be right back in just a minute with Coach Parnes Cartwright and Derek Hughes of the Miami Heat Wheels. Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find us online at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. And you can chat with us on Twitter. We're at Only in Miami. You can chat with me at Grant Stern. I love to hear your questions on Twitter. So please reach out at Grant Stern or at Only in Miami show. Welcome to the show, Coach Cartwright. Thank you very much. Good to have you here. And Derek, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about the Miami Heat Wheels. And and either of you can take this question. I mean, you can take turns. But tell me a little bit about the Miami Heat Wheels today. Okay. I I, I guess I, I'll start with today uh, since Derek has been with the team longer than the coach has. Okay. <laughs> uh, Miami Heat Wheels today uh, – is a very formidable squad of uh, 14 basketball players, 14 athletes uh, that train year-round uh, for wheelchair basketball. Um, we not only do basketball, but uh, we do a lot of community work as well. Um, some of the things that we do uh, on the court have transcended off the court uh, just from the work ethic. 
So you train year round. Derek, tell me a little bit about your involvement with the Heat Wheels. When did you start as a member of the team? I started like 12 years ago. I was 17, still in high school. Um, I, I, I joined a group of guys and competitive guys, and I just love the game of basketball. So when did you start playing basketball? When did I start? Yeah, when did you just start playing basketball, period? Well, I always played basketball. I, j I found out about wheelchair basketball when I was um, one of my teachers in school uh, did the research on wheelchair basketball, and they found the Miami Heat Wheels. And I was like, okay, well, I, I could do that. And I went out to one of the practice, and from there on, I I loved it. Okay, so so you've been with it for quite a long time. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, But most of the, the team's members, how many, like you've got 14 guys, how many have been there for a year, or how many have been there for like more than five, like you, you have, or it's more a, than it's, ten? It's a, a few that have been there more than five, and, and it's like, I think, two, two, two or three been there like two years. Yeah? Yeah. So, I mean, you got, you've got a core of veterans. Oh, yeah. And then some younger guys. Yeah. So uh, what brought you to wheelchair basketball? Like, when did you start, you know, like, w what was happening there? Did, you know, elaborate, please. Well, like, my stepdad played basketball. Okay. I, always, I, always a bas I was a basketball fan. Okay. So I played without a league. You know, I was going to playing with able-bodied people on the basketball court. Okay. So. Like park ball. Yeah, park ball. <laughs> That's what I call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's park ball. Oh, yeah. You know, I, you know, sometimes I say the playoffs are more like park ball because you see the same faces over and over again. You do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, there's an organized league in Miami. I mean, it's not just one team in Miami. Or uh, Tell me a little bit more about where you guys play more regularly. Actually, we are part of the uh, National Wheelchair Basketball Association and also the Florida Wheelchair Basketball Conference. Okay. Uh, the Florida Wheelchair Basketball Conference has six teams in there. Uh, a team as far away as Jacksonville. And, uh, of course, we are in Miami. There's a team in Sunrise, a team in Fort Lauderdale, uh, a team in Orlando, and a team in Tampa. Okay, so there's three teams down here. Three teams down here and three teams a little north of us. Wow, that's that's substantial. So, I mean, there are there lower leagues as well or recreational leagues? Uh, there, we are considered as Division Three. We are supposed to be the recreational league. Okay. Uh, there is a, what's called a championship division, which okay. is one division up from us, and uh, there is one team in Orlando that is is playing there as well. Um, uh, the recreation. The recreational part of the NWBA is also the largest section of the NWBA. There's about oh, 80 sure. teams there. Wow. But, but we also have, you talked about 24 teams coming in. With those 24 teams are the uh, top out of those. Out 80. of the top. And yeah, and there is nothing recreational about it, <laughs> <laughs> it is competitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I bet I actually went to one of the events uh, over at Miami Springs. Uh, it was it was just maybe a couple months ago. Wow, and uh, and yeah, there was there were six teams competing. Uh, we saw some of them were 
Like the one from Jacksonville, there was one that was like a private health facility or something. Right. And they were they were bad, you know. Yeah. I can't say yeah. on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, uh, the whole thing was I saw that they were very, you know, good about spacing the floor. And they looked really professionally coached. Mm-hmm. They said that, you know, they just met part time and. Right. Uh, you know, but they they were very tough competition out there. And then there was there was one team that I thought, you know, everybody kind of crashed the middle. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had uh, eight teams. Uh we had the team um we had a team from Jacksonville. We had uh all the uh, all the other teams, uh, Orlando, um uh Sunrise and uh we had uh, the the Fort Lauderdale Sharks as well. We also had a team from Puerto Rico which that was their first uh, U.S. tournament. They had always been in the um, international leagues and and competing, trying to get into the uh, Paralympics, uh, and then joined uh, the National Wheelchair Basketball Association this year, and Miami Springs was their first tournament. Wow. Uh, So you've got international competition. We do. Not just national competition in this and well, I mean, almost international. Puerto Rico's been here a few times now. Uh, uh, we've played them three times. I mean, they play. They, you know, Puerto Rico has its own national basketball team. Yes. So I would imagine their national wheelchair wheelchair team is also no, that, fairly well stocked. That is their that is their national team minus oh, okay. minus one player who actually used to play in Miami and was playing professionally in Spain at the time. So did not uh, make the tournament in uh, in Miami Springs. So there's a professional league in Spain. There is a pro- professional. There are professional leagues in Europe. Okay, where else? Uh, just Spain or uh, there's uh, Spain. Uh, you talk about uh, Australia, um, uh, also in uh, France, um, uh, the UK. Uh, these players are getting paid, and some of the uh, some of the U.S. players have gotten contracts to go over, live in, uh, live overseas, and they get played pretty well uh, to uh, to play wheelchair basketball. That's great. That's you know the, you learn something new every day. I yeah. had no idea. And we've had two players uh, that have come actually from Miami Eat Wheels. Uh, Carlos Ocasio went to France to play, and uh, Jose Calderon. Is is the currently other, the other Jose Calderon? The other Jose Calderon, correct. <laughs> <laughs> or is, is is the one that's the, uh, the Jose Calderon that actually is playing in Spain, not the one that came from Spain and is playing in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they get mistaken all, all the, the time. time, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes. Uh, uh, there is professional uh, wheelchair basketball. There's collegiate wheelchair basketball, which uh, uh, because of because uh, we have six teams here, and and some of our best players are going to uh, to collegiate programs, uh, and there are about nine collegiate programs in the nation right now. Uh, we're hoping to get a collegiate program in Florida, so some of those players that want to stay in Florida with their families uh, get to. Uh, do that and also get a college education. Have you uh, spoken with any universities yet? Uh, right now, uh, uh, 
uh, Florida International University is working on trying to get a program in. Uh, that would be great. We're they, working with them as well. They have, uh, you know, they they actually have a great facility. I mean, the Panther Stadium. I mean, what do they call it? Beautiful facility. Yeah, beautiful. beautiful facility. Uh, we've been there a few times. Uh, Our Panther Arena. What do they yeah, call it? I, I, they call I'm it not sure. Else. I'm not sure. It's beautiful arena. Beautiful arena. And they're very dedicated about basketball. Uh, yeah. And uh, they they love our program. Uh, well, they're very de- dedicated about basketball, but not quality basketball because they hired Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I I got to question the wisdom there. I mean, I hey, Zeke was a great player. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> questionable commitment to winning there. Well, um, <laughs> oh, I'm just I, teasing. I'm I just think I, I think that they they wanted they wanted a name they wanted a name on their program and they they got they got Isaiah. Um, it, they swung it for the probably fences didn't work missed. out either one for either one of them. <laughs> but uh, at least he didn't ruin their salary cap. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but I mean, with the Knicks, history repeats itself. First is farce, and then is farce. <laughs> Well, the, I I can't speak for his behavior while he was in New York. I mean, but uh, I know they they have a great facility at FIU. Yeah, and, and it's fairly central, all things considered. Where do you guys re- uh, practice at anyway? Uh, we practice at uh, we practice at Miami Springs, uh, and okay. we also practice at the NFL Yet Center, uh, which is uh, Northwest Twenty Second Street and Seventieth uh, Northwest Twenty Second Avenue and Seventieth Street. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah near, it's Gwen Cherry Park. Gwen Cherry. Okay, Gwen Cherry. Yeah, it's near the Metro Rail there, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, are are the actually you know are the practices open to the public at all? Do you guys ever hold those? Uh, well, we actually will. We will have people come in, and mm-hmm. we will, we don't actually have public practices. But like by invitation. Yeah. Yes. If you want to come to a practice, you will. Uh, we will uh, let you know if if yes, you can come to this practice. <laughs> We might have a closed, very hard-nosed practice going on, but uh, but generally we we try to uh, allow people to come to practice. Yeah, well, no, I, listen, you never know. I mean, there's a lot of people that live in both of those areas that may be interested. Well, we're always looking for players that uh, or or anyone that might be interested in learning the sport of wheelchair basketball. Uh, uh, there are a lot of people in the disabled community. That don't know about the program, and then once they find out, uh, if they want to come out and even try it, we tell them come on out and try it. Uh, I so think you guys have like equipment that those who want to try it out they can use your equipment. They don't need to show up like ready to go. We we hopefully will have a chair, and that's really what we need. We need to have a chair, and we and generally we will have one or two chairs. Uh, available uh, and but we'll set that person down in a chair and the thing about the chair is it's got to fit so the first chair is going to not fit you uh, imagine uh, trying to play basketball trying to play basketball in let's say uh, let's say uh, Shaq's shoes <laughs> It, it yeah. could be difficult. Could be difficult. Could be difficult. So you want a you want a chair that's going to actually fit you, and that's going to be a custom made chair. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a really short break, and we're going to play a clip 
from the documentary Rebound the Film. It's a, a wheelchair basketball story, and they just released the official film trailer this past weekend. And when we come back, we're going to be on the phone with Shayna Allen and Mike Esposito. Basketball has always been one of the few things that I could get inside those four lines and nothing else mattered in the world. The first time that I got crossed over and scored on by a guy that I perceived to have less ability than me or have it harder in life, my whole world changed. I just remember telling myself, don't close the eyes, because if I close my eyes, I'm going to die. I never thought before that I was going to be a, you know, a wheelchair all my life. Once you have a, someone in a wheelchair to be in a relationship with, you'll never go back. <laughs> the team has become my brothers. Nationals, where we're going all the way in. Any given moment, I'm I'm, I'm gonna be without a roof, you know. So it's like I gotta just at the same time not let that affect my training. I see those guys that they've been playing for years and they've been to college. If they did it, why can't I do it? Jeremy is a minstrel music. My daily life is my studio singing, basketball, as basically as consistent. The only positive thing I do, I do it for basketball. This is my escape. This is what most likely to get me an education. If I gotta push 20 miles a day, wake up at 7 in the morning to be there by 5 in the afternoon, I'm gonna do it. I don't think I would have this opportunity if it wasn't for this sport. I got this scholarship What we do is beyond basketball, it's beyond wheelchair sports. It's life and how we choose to live it. Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. We're here with Coach Parnes Cartwright and Derek uh, Hughes from the Miami Heat Wheels basketball team and Mike Esposito and Shayna Allen. Mike, you there? We are here. Thanks for having us on, Grant. Great. Thanks for being on the show tonight. Glad you could make it. Shayna? Hi, Grant. How are you? Great. How are you? Great. Thank you for having us. So we just heard a clip from your film, which has a Kickstarter at www.reboundthefilm.us. And there's a whole website explaining it at www.reboundthefilm.com. But tell me, guys, what inspired you to make a documentary about the Miami Heat Wheels basketball team and wheelchair basketball in particular? Well, uh, to wrap it up in a nutshell, we knew Coach Cartwright, who you have in the studio, um, from the dog park, and he had always talked about this team that he worked with, this wheelchair basketball team, so passionately. Um, one day, Shayna decided to go out to a practice and film a clip of the team. Um, she was so inspired and then brought home the footage and showed me, and we, sit down, we sat down. We were so blown away by the competition, the passion that these guys put into their game, and really, you know, some of the stories of, of what these guys have overcome. So we said to ourselves, you know, there's a problem with us not knowing that this sport existed in our backyards for so long. 
we need to do something about it. What can we do? So we decided to put our talents to use and go after a deeper story to, to uncover the stories of the players and the impact that the sport has on them. And that's really how it got started. Yeah, so uh, you guys did a little bit of work for them, right? Uh, like some video footage in the beginning? Yeah, so what we, we went out in search of uh, just capturing a few clips so that, you know, when Coach was um, going out and talking to potential sponsors and, and really just showing the world what these guys could do, we wanted to put together a, a very short clip, which we did, and you can see that on MiamiHeatWheels.com. But, you know, after getting to know the players, being welcomed by their family, we knew that there was a more important reason we were called to that gym that day. Um, we knew that we had to do something to let the world not only know about this team, but about this sport and the impact that it has on so many lives across the country and across the world. So you've actually attended the national tournament. That's correct. And, and what was that like? How long were you there for? Uh-oh, got to turn off the microwave there. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, so the national tournament is four days long, takes place in early spring of each year, and we've had the privilege of traveling with the Miami Heat wheels uh, for the past two years. Okay, and and then tell me a little bit more about what you're putting into this film, because we just heard two minutes of it. Um, I assume that it's not finished yet. You've been assembling footage, though. But, but what is your, your main idea? Our main goal with the film is really to tell the stories of the athletes. And the unifying element that ties all their stories together is the sport of wheelchair basketball. It's an amazing community and the opportunity to get out of the house, to go and be with other people who share similar situations with you is something incredibly powerful and transformational for all of the athletes that we have come across. Not only that, but the community environment that comes with the sport, comes with each program. It doesn't matter where your location is, but especially in Miami, there's such a core family here um, to support not only the team, but you know all the other Florida Conference teams. So our goal is really to share the stories of the athletes, to tell the impact that the sport can have, and really to raise awareness for the sport because, frankly, not enough people know that, hey, they have a local program that they can go out and support. And with a little bit of community support, these programs and the entire league could really flourish. Now, Coach Cartwright, uh, we've talked about support a little bit. The Miami Heat Wheels are a 501c3 nonprofit. So how does that impact, you know, we're talking about the nuts and bolts. How do you guys manage to keep going because it's a, a very expensive sport from what I've been told. You talked about the chairs, the custom wheelchairs, but how much does just a, this shack shoe wheelchair cost? Well, the, sh the chair it's is actually, <laughs> yeah, the, the chair costs uh, roughly $3,500. That's not cheap. That's not cheap. I mean, shack shoes probably didn't cost 3500 yeah, yeah, but that's, yeah, so... Uh, so there are a couple of different things that we have to do. Uh, we're always depending on uh, the community uh, to uh, give us donations as well. Um, we're also depending on um, uh, our 501c3 to be active okay. in, in, uh, in 
seeking out uh, the funds that we need to uh, to do the sport, to travel, to uh, make sure that we are can put on a tournament. And we've been successful in that uh, because we've been we've had a lot of support from the uh, Miami Dade County uh, uh, Parks and uh, and Disability Services um, and Leisure Access Foundation, which uh, which took on the program in uh, 1998, um, but as funding as as funding started to uh, dwindle down and as they started to increase their programs, um, and as the cost of uh, doing our sport increased, uh, we developed our own 501c3 because we also wanted to be uh, we wanted to be true to the Miami Heat. Uh, brand, if you will, because they do a lot of community work, and we thought that we wanted to do that same type of work. So uh, that was part of uh, creating the 501c3 to go out and get into this community and be a part of giving back to the community. Now, you guys do fundraisers as well. Like, I've been to car washes, for example. Well, we've been, we've done car washes, uh, uh, very soon, uh, we're going to have a, 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 a tournament. A, a tournament on June first, which is called. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, we have a tournament coming up at the uh, uh, at the Michael Ann Russell uh, Jewish Community Center, and the tournament's called Wheels and Waves event. Which uh, where is that located? Um, that is located at. Uh, one eight nine zero zero Northeast Twenty uh, Fifth Avenue. And okay, in Aventura. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that in a little bit. So, Michael, you're still there with us, right, Shana? We're still here. So, uh, what else can you tell us about this budding film project, Rebound the Film? We've been working on this for a long time, and uh, almost two years now. And what we found is, as we go deeper in the story, um, we we really uncover more and more truly inspirational stories. I mean, we all deal with challenges in our lives, um, and oftentimes we have difficulty overcoming them. But when you talk to some of these athletes, some of the people involved in wheelchair basketball, and you find out you know, what they go through on a daily basis and how much they're able to do despite what people their whole lives may have told them they, they can't do, it really motivates you and inspires you. So we've been uh, really adamant about sharing, you know, content, sharing photos, sharing short videos that really relate to some of the stories that we're telling so that we can hopefully spread that vibe, spread that message to everyone, whether you're, you know, in a situation faced with a disability or whether you're just, you know, your average person dealing with life challenges. Um, there's a lot that you can take away from the stories. And we also hope that we're going to inspire a lot of people to get involved with different organizations in their community, especially their wheelchair basketball programs, because it's such an exciting sport, and it's a shame that, you know, there isn't more local support, but we can see it's growing. Every time we share a video and we touch one set of eyes, that's another person that says, wow, I can't believe they can do that. And they might just go and look up their local team and go out and support them. And that's really what it's all about. It's about building a community, raising awareness, um, educating and inspiring. So how long have you been running your Indiegogo campaign at reboundthefilm.us? 
So we've been running the, the campaign for about 30 days now. We're going really strong. We have about $15,000 that we've been able to raise through the community already. And we're so gracious for that. Thank you to all our backers who might be listening right now. Um, but we still have a long ways to go. Uh, in order to finish the film and complete filming and post-production, we need to raise $50,000. And while it's a very big goal, we really believe that we can achieve it with the help of the community. The response has been so great so far, and we just need to continue our efforts to let people know about what we're doing. Um, because as we do that, more and more people get involved, and the stronger our team is behind the scenes, the stronger our impact will be once the film is finally done. Now, I noticed on the Indiegogo, it does say that it's a not-for-profit project. So explain that to our audience a little bit. Uh, anything that you donate at reboundthefilm.us uh, will be collected by a nonprofit. Is that correct? That's correct. So we have a fiscal sponsorship with From the Heart Productions. They're a 501c3 nonprofit. And what they do is they mentor up-and-coming filmmakers with help uh, taking their projects from idea to reality. So they've been a great help in advising us and mentoring us through the process of producing a feature film. And uh, essentially what they do is, you know, they collect and manage all of the um, funds raised. And through the post-production process, they'll provide, uh, you know, a level of supervision on the project. Um, so, yeah, all, all donations made have a tax-deductible incentive. Well, that's great. And uh, for those of us who are just tuning in, we're discussing the Miami Heat Wheels and Rebound the Film, which has a Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign that you can check out online at www.reboundthefilm.us. So, Shana, how long do you intend to continue filming the team before releasing the film? Let's say that the campaign is successful and in 30 days we're funded. Mm -hmm. So right now we have about five or six shoots that we want to do still, um, one of which we already have planned to go out to Texas and follow up with some of the players who have gotten scholarships to go to college um, to play wheelchair basketball. And then we have a couple more down here in Miami. So we should wrap shooting by the end of June, um, most likely at the beginning of June, depending on scheduling. And then we'll be doing post-production all through the summer. So I understand that it's, you know, it's much better these days than it used to be. Uh, what channels are you looking to distribute this film on? I mean, I know there's, there's Netflix. Are there any others that you're looking to get onto? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the message and the story contained within uh, the rebound is really something universal. Um, we're hoping that one of the larger networks will come in and, and take some interest in the film. Um, we'd love to see it on a wide network, um, such as ESPN, in an ideal scenario. Um, our alternative, with the digital environment that we have right now, are Netflix, our self-distribution through iTunes are YouTube. There's so many ways that we can promote this, but at the end of the day, we want to get as many eyes on the film as possible. And to do that, you know, we're willing to do whatever is necessary. So you've been working on it for almost two years now, and it should take another six months maybe to complete. Uh, give me a few of your parting thoughts here, because I know that you guys have a lot to say about wheelchair basketball. For me, um, I would... 
I would just have to say that wheelchair basketball and especially the Miami Heat wheels inspired me to take a leap of faith um, in my life and in my career that allowed me to do something that I was truly passionate about. They gave me the inspiration and the motivation to get over a fear of uncertainty, to follow my dream of, of filmmaking and, and working with Shana to produce work that truly matters, that really makes an impact. Um, and, and that's really what's the driving force behind this is, is these guys really inspired us and we recognize that with what we are able to do, we can help make a difference in the lives of others. So I'll let Shana speak to hers. <laughs> please do, please do, Shana. Yeah, I mean, I just from the very beginning of this project, I think it was very interesting to me to kind of have the realization that I never knew that this amazing opportunity existed for individuals. And when we actually open up our eyes to the things around us and the things in our community, we can really, I mean, it can change the course of your life. It's already changed the course of our lives a little bit, and we are forever going to be wheelchair basketball fans and um, we're just so grateful that we are able to tell this story um, through a film and, yeah, like Mike said, hopefully change the lives of many people. And I feel like it already it already has started. I think it already has started to make an impact on people who are just kind of recognizing that the film is there um, and that these opportunities are, are there for people. So I think the team is doing that on a local level, and we are here to support them and to support teams all over the country. Well, I'm really glad that you guys could make it on the show, and I love your passion. And I think it's great to show people examples of what can happen when you just reach out in your community and you, you get on board with somebody else and, you know, and you understand and you, you learn and you have a good time. <laughs> and, you know, that's why we wanted to have you guys on the show. I love what you guys are doing. I love the film project, and I love supporting the Miami Heat Wheels. So we're going to be right back after this break, but I want to encourage all of you to check out www.reboundthefilm.com or reboundthefilm.us. That is the fundraising effort. And believe me, this is one of the best projects that I've seen on any fundraising platform. It's a, a great story that these two young kids are telling, and I would love to have all of our listeners Check out www.reboundthefilm.us. Shayna and Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find us online at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. And I'd love to hear from you on Twitter. We're at 
Grant Stern. That's my personal Twitter handle. And the show is at Only in Miami Show. We're here with Parnes Cartwright and Derek Hughes from the Miami Heat Wheels. And you can find them on Twitter at Miami Heat Wheels, correct? Yes. And the website is MiamiHeatWheels.com, I believe. That's correct. So tell me a little bit about the strategy of wheelchair basketball, Coach. Uh, I noticed that some teams were very strategically oriented, let's say, and some were very much trying to clog the lane and just jam in there. But well, what, are, what are some of the basic concepts? Well, it's, it's, its basic concept is uh, movement of the chair, which uh, it's, still, it's still basketball. So picking, rolling, uh, screening, these are some of the basic fundamentals you find not only in able-bodied basketball but definitely in wheelchair basketball. And you think about a chair that starts – blocking you then it it really becomes uh, an obstacle that you have to get around now i saw that basically spacing like court spacing that was the thing i mean some of those teams it was unbelievable they could have a guy coming in from the wing catching the ball right next to the hoop almost every single play (laughs) correct correct and you'll see you'll see some of the teams that are doing that uh the things with the the uh more elite teams is they do it faster okay and that and i think that the fast the fast fast paced basketball is an exciting basketball i mean that's why i think miami heat and miami heat wheels uh happen to be very exciting basketball teams because uh we we use our speed to uh get things done so you're the floor general yes how do you keep these guys in the right spots how do you do it it's tough (laughs) (laughs) it's tough very tough Um, they know that's it they know know, I give them a look and like come on let's get to that spot (laughs) do you have to wait or sometimes yeah yeah I mean tell me is there is there anything else to it I mean it's not easy having four guys that are you well, know, all eyes on you all the time, right? I mean, as the point guard, you probably yeah, get the that, ball that, quite a bit. So that's that's what I be trying to tell them: like, move, don't don't wait, set picks, and we'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting because uh, uh, floor general is absolutely correct. Even when Derek is not on the floor, he is on the sideline, telling them instructions and giving them instructions. And they know his voice, and you can see them following his his voice. So they listen to Derek more than they listen to the coach. <laughs> Even though we will practice these things all the time, um, when you get into a game, it becomes very different as, as it does. But uh, after a while, uh, when they have the confidence – that, oh, yes, I remember what to do, and they start doing more and more and more, um, it, they become very successful, and that's that's been uh, part of our success. So who are the top few teams in the recreational league, in your league, that, you know, I mean, who who advanced? Who's, who are you guys on the lookout for? Well, in our own backyard, we have to say Tampa. Okay. Tampa. What's their team name? 
Uh, Tampa Bay Strong Dogs. Okay, the Strong Dogs. All right. Uh, it's it's a rivalry that just goes back many years, even before I got here. Uh, and uh, and some and these games tend to be very very tight games. Uh, last year, uh, we had a double overtime game in Miami Springs, which uh, was won on a last-second four-point play. A four-point play? Yes. Okay. Yeah, a four-point play. We were actually actually down three with 17 seconds to go. Derek (laughs) brought the ball up, all right, took a three-point shot, was fouled, and when the ball went through the net, I kid you not, that place sounded like the arena. <laughs> I bet it did. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, it, it That's was really awesome. awesome. He goes to he goes to the foul line, sings the free throw. We're now up one, and uh, it, it went from there. We we got a we got a steal. We you know got some time off the clock and. Uh, we put pressure on them. We won that game uh, by, by a point. By, by a point. That's amazing. It's it's not a buzzer beater though, but still last second shot. Oh, but I did that though. Oh yeah, you had a buzzer beater oh, when? Yeah. Like I say, two years ago, it was zero point four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. What tenths of a second? Right? Zero point four. Yeah, point four. Yeah, yeah. four tenths of a yeah. second left. Something like that. Yeah. Did, uh, are you watching the NBA playoffs uh, this oh, year yeah. too? Oh yeah, yeah. I, you know the one game I went to sleep. I mean, I, I, you got to go to sleep at some point, <laughs> okay? So of course the you know the Portland, Portland. No. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we're we're going to be talking about this the whole second hour of the show too. But yeah, that was unbelievable. That was the first series-ending buzzer beater in seventeen years. Yeah, well, nice I, shot. I I know somebody <laughs> that fell asleep. Uh, during a uh, during a um, <clears throat> during a shot uh, that the Heat made uh, during the playoffs in Game Six. Uh oh. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, it's okay to fall yeah, asleep okay. as long as you didn't walk out of the arena. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not walk out of that arena. You did. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Sat right there, you know. And and I'll tell you what, I'll never forget it. I just looked at my friends and I said, it's not supposed to end this way. Yeah. And sometimes it's not supposed to end that way. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, when we, were, when we were down three points and Derek was bringing the ball down, um, there was no hesitation. I think that was part of the success because it was, I know I'm shooting this shot. Um, I don't have to think about it. I know I can make it. And... Uh, and and that's that's that's, the, that's confidence. That's confidence. That's work, and that's what it takes. That poise and that uh, and that uh, confidence that you know that you've worked hard enough to make these shots. And that's basketball. Oh, it is basketball. I mean, some teams are with it. Some aren't. Some guys can make that shot. Some guys, uh, you know, I felt bad for Kyle Lowry yesterday. He, uh, you know, he had the ball in his hands with seven seconds yeah. left and just kind of ran into a brick wall, and that was it. Yeah. yeah. It's very final. 
very final. Yeah. But, uh, you know, fortunately, you get another shot at it once in a while, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Wait, I mean, uh, I mean, that's why we start working towards next season. So how long does your season, the, the, the competitive season, run for? Because you said that the players train year-round. Yeah, our season, um, uh, our season starts in October. Regular season starts in October. Okay, um, just like the NBA season. Just like the NBA season. So we will, we will have a tournament. Um, but no preseason games that nobody wants to watch, right? Um, <laughs> no preseason <laughs> games that we are selling tickets for yet. <laughs> but. Uh, we will we will practice we will practice right up until uh, October um, and generally we will uh, uh, go right until uh, uh, the end of February and before we start preparing for the national tournament and by then um, the NWBA has uh, decided uh, the twenty four best teams and they will send them invitations. And upon acceptance of those invitations, um, you start preparing for that big tournament, the big dance. Okay. So you find out in February. You travel in April? Travel in April. And then where was it held this year? Uh, this year was Kentucky. Um, and that's okay. a, it's a great location. That's a hotbed for basketball. Yeah. It's a, it's a great place for a uh, great venue. Um, uh, uh, we used we use the uh, – um, Kentucky Expo, uh, Expo Center. Okay. So you have 12 wooden courts that they put in this exposition. Uh, this oh, Expo I see. Center. They they take, like, the entire convention center. They take, yeah. the, they take this convention center, put 12 courts in there, um, all wooden basketball courts, uh, fiberglass backboards, uh, all the equipment that you need, and, uh, and you got 2,000 wheelchair athletes going at it. Wow. Really hard. Two, wait, 2,000. 2,000. So they, they hold different classes, I guess? We have all six divisions there. Oh, okay. So Division One is basically professional. Yeah, yeah it's pretty uh, – yeah, that's – that's yes, that's uh, the championship division. You have uh, a guy by the name of Patrick Anderson who led New York Rolling Knicks to uh, their first championship in uh, – I don't know how many years. And um, Patrick Anderson has also led Team Canada to uh, several gold medals. I mean, he is the LeBron James of wheelchair basketball. Patrick Anderson. Well, I think Knicks fans need to know about this because there's an actual team in New York that can win a ball game. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, this 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 is a revelation. Our co host might actually change like <laughs> allegiances. If they if they want to see a winning basketball team in New York, they have to go see the New York Rolling Knicks. Okay. I think that's solid advice. I mean, for everybody that's listening in New York. If right they want now. to see a championship trophy, go see New York Rolling Knicks. They or, have one or right you can now. Go down to the American Airlines Arena. There's, oh, there's you several go? championship well, we trophies got three. there. We got That's three right. there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, we don't like to rub it in at all. No, 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 not, not at all. 
So are you guys going to go to the, the Heat playoffs at all? you ever get to go down there and, and catch it live? Derek gets to go all I work, the time. I work down there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, oh, that's awesome. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. So you get to see every game. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Hey, can't beat it, right? Yeah. Love it. So, so wait a second. If you're working with the Heat, did you did you get a ring? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. How many rings you got? I got one. You just got one. Yeah. Oh, got okay. The back to back. Okay, you got one back to back. Yeah, the back to back one. Oh, okay. You got the back to back one. I got yeah. you. So kind of like Ray Allen, you showed up a little late in the run, but you're ready. Yeah. So you ready for tomorrow night? Oh yeah. What's your prediction? We got it. I know we got, and how many? How many? Uh, we'll win in five. Yeah? Yeah. Even five? Yeah. Coach? Wow. Um, I'm going to say six. You're going to say Heat in six? Yeah. So that means they're going to close it out in Brooklyn in game six. Uh, that's it. That's it. I think it's going to be a pretty exciting series, personally. Yes, it will. I mean, we do know there was another team that swept the regular season against the Miami Heat. The Bulls? Yeah. Way, way, way back when. Yeah. <laughs> they made it five games. Five games, right? Five games. So anyway, uh, before we take off, we've got about one minute left. Uh, I'd love to share with our listening audience one last time where you can find these wonderful gentlemen, Coach Parnes Cartwright and Derek Hughes. Uh, they're at the Miami. They're part of the Miami Heat Wheels. Okay, and it's www.miamiheatwheels.com. There's also a film, and the film is at www.reboundthefilm.com, and they're having a Indiegogo crowdfunding uh, pro, uh, program, and it's www.reboundthefilm.us. Again, www.reboundthefilm.us. And I would strongly encourage all of our listening audience to go check it out and find out a little bit more about wheelchair basketball. Coach Barnes and Derek, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find us online at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. We'll be right back at the 8 o'clock hour with the Drastic Fanatic. WZAB Sweetwater, South Florida's only business radio station. 880 AM, The Biz, a division of Salem Communications. On the NASDAQ as SALM. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. Welcome back. Well, it looks like the Drastic Fanatic is a couple of minutes late, but we're going to be spending the next hour discussing the NBA playoffs and the Miami Heat. Uh, I'm probably going to have somebody from the Heat fan club, uh, Christian Bowman, call in as well. Chris, uh, if you're out there listening, this would be a great time to say hello. (laughs) Uh, So thus far, the Miami Heat are the only team to sweep their series in the NBA playoffs. Uh, 
of the last 11 t- years since they've switched from the five-game first-round format into a seven-game format, only one team has gone the distance in the first round. One team. That team being the Boston Celtics in 2008. Everybody else that's won the NBA championship in the last 11 years since they started a seven-game series format has won at least in six, if not in five or four games. But of those teams, the only team to win it all and sweep are the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat did that last year. So let's put this in perspective. Every single team except for the Wizards and the Blazers went at least seven games. We're talking about one of the most, uh, definitely an outlier for the NBA playoffs. And right now the Heat are well-rested and prepared to take on a foe that we all know is difficult. They've won four times in the regular season, and they're looking to buck the trend. So we're going to be chatting about that and the rest of the NBA playoffs. We've got Christian from Heat Fan Club calling in in just a minute, and we've got the Drastic Fanatic on his way to the studio live, but a little bit late. So thus far, I think we've seen a lot... Thus far, we've seen quite an interesting turn of events with the Indiana Pacers, who have gone from heroes to zeros and maybe back to heroes just in the span of a week, uh, booed out of their own arena in Game 5 after losing to a sub-500 playoff team. They finished off the Atlanta Hawks in seven games on Saturday night, and they finished them off in a fairly close contest, um, but they did lead almost wire to wire in the second half. Now, I don't think that that team is still a championship contender. I, I really don't. And after collapsing in the second half, they nearly became the first one of these teams with a terrible second half to get bounced from the first round of the playoffs as a number one overall seed. Ironically, many of the teams that have been number one seeds and tanked in the second half of the season have gone on to win the championship. But their point differential is much higher than any of these other teams. Now, I believe we have a caller. Yeah, hey, Grant. It's me, Christian. What's up? Ah, Christian, thanks for calling in from the fan club. Yeah, yeah, what's up? Oh, it's been a busy, busy weekend. Did you catch any of these games? Yes, I did. Saw Lillard's Magic, saw uh, a few other things. I mean, you know, it's a great first round, really. I mean, more uh, Game 7s this year than the last two years, I read. Uh, put together? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, really? Five yeah, games? Yeah, Wow, five Game set. I mean, it was the first time there was ever three Game 7s in one night. Yeah, but there were only, like, Two or three. Um, there were about two last year, which was um, the Miami Heat. Cor- both times, right? There were three. Wait, there were three last year. If I remember correctly, it was the East Finals, the Nets and Bulls in the first round, and the um, well, 
was at the finals. Yeah. And then last year, I think there were only two game sevens. The the prior year, two years earlier. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think the Heat went seven games with anybody uh, in 2012. In fact, they won, I think, what, every each round? No, four to zero, four to one, four to one, four to one. I think everything was four to one that year. Yeah. Yeah, the the Heat had it. uh, Man, what a great run. (laughs) Yeah, uh, no, I mean, that was was a spectacular run. They were really keyed up and, and still fresh physically. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wade had a few road bumps last year, you know, last two years. But this year, um, it's looking great. Yeah, I agree. So far this year, they've looked great, but it's been a limited sample size. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in I the mean, playoffs, of course. They're the only undefeated team in the playoffs. I keep hoping for a 16-0 and <laughs> playoffs. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I think this series <laughs> is going to go to six. And that's just me being on the safe side because – you know, you got there, there's some bad blood brewing. You got remnants of a uh, of a team that's been eliminated by us two years in a row, and they just hate us. <laughs> yeah, they do hate us. I, I think that there's there's more hate between these two teams than even the Pacers, um, just because Lance Stevenson's kind of a comical figure. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching the game actually right now with uh with uh, Lance Stevenson in Washington, and you know, it's ironic because before the Evan Turner trade. And Evan Turner is a good player, you know. I think he's very underrated. But before the trade, I mean, Lance Stevenson was my vote, hands down, for for most improved. Hands down, he was my vote for that trade. Okay. And then that trade just, just like, I don't know what it is. It seems like it's just disrupted the culture of the Pacers. Well, they they added too much uh, Sixer DNA. They they got yeah. Bynum and they got Turner, and now they've <sighs> they've become a half Sixers team. Yeah, do they still have Bynum? Man, that guy is just like, <laughs> Well, they, you know, the Heat convinced the Pacers to sign him off the streets. And, uh, yeah. and of course, he's just, he's disrupted the team. They put him on permanent leave. Yeah, he, you know, from what I was hearing in Cleveland, it just seemed like he didn't want to play basketball anymore. That's what the word is, like, coming out of the, like, the rumors on inside hoops and all that. Yeah, it, it just it just it's just weird, you know, because I've seen him play in L.A. Bynum, and when he had those two great years, I'm telling you, he was on pace to be the best center in the league. Yeah. I mean, the, even even at the Dwight Howard trade, I was like, oh man, you know, Bynum still had some flair showing up. You got to admit, I mean, besides from the injury, but once that guy's got his head out of the game, that just it, it just doesn't pan out well. Well. So what's going on with the score so far with the Wizards and Pacers? Well, I predicted this game to be Washington, this series to be Washington and six, and everyone said I'm crazy. I mean, but John Wall has turned me from critic to supporter completely. Oh, I, I see. Mean, the The Wizards are leading fifty six forty three at half. Yeah, and they were up by about fourteen in the first quarter. And you know, the thing is, is like on paper, you look at the Pacers and their front court. I mean, you got Hibbert, Stola. West and I mean, if you had even had Bynum in there, I mean, they're a team that looks like they should be able to take it in the paint, but Nene and Gortat are just working so hard. Well, just, I, Bynum's not even active. Okay. Yeah, Bynum's not even active. He's he doesn't mean yeah, it never happened. <laughs> no, he he really didn't happen. I think he played what two games for them, right? Yeah, two games, and I mean, even in Cleveland, he just he he's just out of shape. 
He is out of shape, but he did say there's a bank in every town. <laughs> it's true. Now, you would think Carlos Boozer might say something like that, but it was actually Bynum. Yeah, but you know, Jerome, you remember, uh, what's his name, Jerome James? Uh, Jerome James. He was one, another Knicks bust. Yeah, but I mean, like, if there's a bank in every town, I mean, like, the time to get paid is right now. I mean, Jerome James had those that one year, the Sonics, with Lewis and, and uh, Allen when they were um, the third seed in the NBA about 10 years ago. Like, Jerome James had, like, this rebounding spree. Like, he, had, he was just getting, like, 13 or 15 rebounds. And then, uh, who was it, James Dolan just <laughs> due to a big contract. And then the next year, that dude is grabbing, spends 10 minutes on the court, grabs about four rebounds, every rebound $3 million. Those are multi-million dollar <laughs> rebounds. I love those, man. There's nothing better than those. Look, we're going to take a really short break, but we're going to be right back. Christian's going to stick with us, and the Drastic Fanatic is heading into the studio. I hear he's uh, he's knocking on the door. This is the only in Miami show. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find us online at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. And we actually just launched a brand-new website, www.onlyinmiamijobs.com, where you can search for jobs that are more relevant to you. You link into your LinkedIn profile through onlyinmiamijobs.com. And it'll give you job results that are custom-tailored to you based on your LinkedIn profile and resume. Uh, so, Christian, talk to me yeah. here. Uh, you were talking about the ghost of uh, the ghost of Jerome James. <laughs> yeah, a.k.a. the $2.5 million of rebound, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he had an illustrious Knicks career. Now, I just found out that Knicks fans, if they want to catch a good basketball team, uh, they can go to the New York Rolling Knicks. Oh, yeah, I heard, yeah. The Roland Knicks are, are apparently at the top of their sport. But do you think that's enough to keep Carmelo Anthony in town? <laughs> well, actually, you know, I really liked uh, Woodson. You know, he seemed like, I mean, he seemed like a good coach. It's just, I don't know whether to say, like, the franchise is cursed or anything, but um, 
You know, with Phil Jackson around, I really want to see the triangle come back. I'm a fan of the triangle. I think it's a, yeah, I think it's an awesome offense. Like playing basketball myself, like when you really boil down to X's and O's, it's really. I mean, it, it caters to. It, it does two things. It caters to superstar players. It needs um, a superstar player and someone who could really handle the post. And I think they. I think if they stick around with um. They could maybe get something out of that with Tyson Chandler, who I think is a very underrated center, so not on the offensive end. But he does what a center needs to do, which can facilitate a triangle offense. Um, but you can isolate Kobe and do so well with it. I mean, the word is, is that they're looking at Steve Kerr to be the coach. I, I but, think that Mike D'Antoni did the Lakers an enormous favor by, by resigning. resigning. <laughs> I mean, think about this. Mike D'Antoni had a year left on his contract, and he can compel the Lakers to pay him something like $5 million. Wow. I mean, he walked away from $5 million because he wanted more job security? I've never heard of this. I mean, seriously. (laughs) If you paid me $5 million next year, I'd be coaching your team, whether you wanted me there or not. (laughs) Man, you know, I I never know what to say about DeAnthony because it's like I really loved what he brought to Phoenix. Like, the, the years, I mean, he, I feel like his coaching strategy made, like, put Steve Nash in the position to have those uh, those two MVP seasons he had. And then when I saw him coaching the Knicks, I mean, he was getting a lot of guys open. But then I, I just don't understand, like, I mean, people just, people just don't give much of a defensive effort under his coaching or anything like that. But I wouldn't call him, like, he's different from Don Nelson, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, it's still though, it, like with D'Antoni on the Lakers, there's no way that Melo goes to L.A., right? Oh, no, absolutely not. They didn't get along. They, they didn't get along. I mean, it was a very, very deeply failed experiment. I think that it uh, if I recall, D'Antoni actually ended his tenure uh, with the Knicks basically saying that the team was fine until Melo showed up. I don't know. I mean, like, because at that point, you really had some great production from uh, Amari Stoudemire, and it just tanked. Oh. I mean, that's a $100 million question right then and there. Um, Amari Stoudemire should, I mean, when he came to the Knicks, he was probably the second or third biggest signing of the 2010 free agent class, aside from LeBron. And, I mean, absolutely nothing came from those expectations, except for that first year. uh, Yeah, that was their, you know— he was the guy that came in and made them legit again, let's say. Like yeah. he was he was their third prize. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, they Absolutely. they wanted LeBron, they'd wanted Bosch. They they wanted Wade too. Um but they settled for Amari and uh, you know, at the time I thought it was a great idea because of the amnesty provision. Like because they right. could declare amnesty and even though they'd have to pay him, but at some point clear his cap space, you know, his cap space. He's had a huge contract with no insurance for his knees. Um, but, you know, that, that, that actually, going back to the conversation about Mello, that brings up a great point. I mean, what exactly is the jury on Mello, like, in terms of being – because I'm just going to say this, my opinion, I've, you know, big Heat fan, but my opinion being a, um, uh, an analyst um, freelance since 2008, I've always believed Carmelo Anthony's the best player with the ball. Really? When he has the ball in his hand. Oh, I on the ball. Yeah, I think he's on offense. In other words, yeah, yeah, because I mean he can just score on you in any way humanly possible. He can, but look at all the opportunities Carmelo has had 
when he was around other um, uh, unbelievable players. I mean, him and Iverson should have dominated the West, but instead they took away each other's possessions. Well, that's that's the issue that everybody has with Melo, which is that he's a superstar with the ball, mm-hmm. um, but without the ball, he's a fairly quiet player. Now, however, there there was one exception to that, and that was during the Olympics. That's where oh, I thought yeah. he played his best basketball, and that's why I was concerned a little bit uh, going into this season. You know, like or, I'm sorry, last season about what Melo could do on the court because he had a great Olympics. And that was a hell. Are you talking about 2008 Olympics or 2012? The 2012 Olympics. Oh, 2012, right, right. Oh my goodness! It looks like oh, it looks like all uh, a mob of Knicks fans has defend, <laughs> descended upon the studio. <laughs> no, no, no! They're they're mobbing the studio. It's, How's the off season going, guys? <laughs> that, that, hey, you guys ruined my childhood, so I have no mercy for the Knicks fans. Basketball going on. You got to hash on all the. Well, the ugly stuff. <laughs> I don't I even want to talk about him anymore. Jersey, so I hate the Knicks. <laughs> in, hop in, guys. Hop in. I'll grab a seat. <laughs> the drastic fanatic bought, brought reinforcements. <laughs> we so, got Queen, Queens and Staten Islands in the building. Okay. Any Brooklyn fans here? No converties. No converties. No huh? converties. <laughs> and I, right now we're all converties, right, gentlemen? <laughs> all converties. <laughs> Are, are yeah. you all Nets fans today? Are you more anti Heat or pro uh, Nets? Just for the uh, the Heat series, right. then I'll go back was, to my Brooklyn hating. If the Raptors hating. won, would you have been rooting for the Raptors? Yeah. So there you go. It's Here's your answer. Anybody but the Heat. <laughs> okay, for for those of you listening out there, we've got a couple of gentlemen joining us in the studio. We have got Tailgate Joe, Tailgate <sighs> Joe, the one and only. Tailgate Joe. He is. Uh, he's a Jets fan. Yes. Yeah. Jet fan. Uh, I know. I'm. Not in the right area for that, but yes, you are. J E T S. And then we we've also got Lufty here, Tony Lufty. What's Tony, say on, hi, Grant? Tony. How, how's everything, pal? Welcome to the show, buddy. I've seen you in a few weeks. It's been a little while here. It's been a little while. So, what do you think is going to happen here? I want. Okay, we've got Christian on the phone as well, and I'm your host, Grant. And I would like to hear everybody's thoughts. What's going to happen with this Heat Net series? How many games? Who's going to win? Joe. Uh, well, I, I am biased just because of my hatred for the Heat, so it's probably going to go. I, I, I'm going to give them the benefit. It's going to go six games, uh, six or seven, definitely, um, and the the Nets will pull it out in the end. You think the Nets are going to pull it out in six or seven? Well, look, I'm, I'm an it's eternal okay. optimist, you know. Like I said, I'm I'm blinded. <laughs> I'm 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 literally blinded uh, with my bias against the Heat. So okay, take, take it take it with that uh, in mind. Lofty, what do you say there? I uh, I think Nets in seven. Um, <laughs> Nets in seven. So they're yeah, going to do it on our know, home Nets court. Have a nice here. veteran squad. I always like the older players. Not a lot of names you've been hearing a long time. Pierce Garnett, <laughs> Darren Williams, Joe Johnson. Darren Williams, welcome back. A lot of experience. I so, would take you know. a side bet on whether Pierce and Garnett make it to the last game of the, the series because those guys are fragile. He'll get us thirteen minutes a game, Garnett. Don't worry. I, I, I think Pierce and Garnett will give you maybe. I think Pearson Garnett will maybe give you one or two games, and ISO Joe has got a thirty-point uh, performance still, like on on the you know in his shoes. He's ready for it. Drastic. I mean, what do you well, say? Let me ask here? a question. Why why is it that the Nets beat the Heat four times in the regular season? Right? Why by, uh, three times by one point? <laughs> okay. Three times by one point, and and they had what, two. What do they know that no one else knows? They actually had two preseason <laughs> games against the Heat. So if familiar if familiarity breeds contempt, 
Thanks for coming to the show, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, they, they had two preseason games against the Heat, and I think that the Heat absolutely refused to game plan these guys, knowing we might see them in, in a playoff. I mean, really, these guys are wily. Oh, they're you, old. They're veterans. You, 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 you have a whole bunch of unknowns. That's and excuse. Spectacular point guard play is probably the Heat's biggest weakness. When a point guard gets it on, I mean, like, it's, right. it, it, it's even in the ways you don't see it so much in the box score. But when a point guard is having a great game against the Heat, I mean, it exposes a lot of weaknesses. And really, it rides on Darren Williams. I mean, he, I mean his stats You're against the Raptors right. and the wins and losses like, played like a very important factor. You got to remember, Darren Williams was signed to this team to be as good as Chris Paul. And sometimes he can be. Well, he, he was in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah he's been tailing, well, though, the last last couple of years, no question. Well, Deron Williams has played pretty well when he's been healthy. But he hasn't stayed very healthy for very long. And, and that's always a big problem in the playoffs. You notice Jeff Teague, he pulled up before the end of the seventh game. Uh, Conley had his injury, you know, in the Memphis series. Right. I mean, well, Chris Paul Brooklyn every depth, year in the though, they do round, have depth. I mean, something gives out, you know, because he dribbles so hard. And, I mean, every year around the second or around or near the conference final, something gives out for Chris Paul. Yeah, He's but, the best but, point guard in the league. But Chris Paul is the smallest guy in the league. He's about 180 pounds. Right. He's six foot tall. And, think, I mean, he plays basketball like the drunken master. I mean, he's, he's just so exposed. You think Darren Williams got paid and got chunky? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, right? Well, I'm wondering if Woodson is going to take a special role with the Nets now that he's out of a gig, since, you know, him and Woodson, Iso Joe, uh, he can install uh, a new offense. <laughs> yeah, that, that, Mike Woodson as an assistant on Brooklyn. I could actually see that for some reason. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. could see it on Brooklyn. You know, I just want Woodson to get a job because I love his uh, – I absolutely love his reactions on Shaq and the Fool. Yeah, with his arms folded. I mean, I'm one of the only people who finds the coaches more entertaining than the bloopers. Well, yeah. I mean, when it comes to, to Coach Woody and the Knicks, it's I'll amazing. never forget, the, forget that Wizards the game. He's been our best coach in over 11 years, stat-wise, you know, win losses. So they had oh, to yeah. get rid of him. So they had to get rid of him. Typical Nick fashion. I mean, he made it longer than, you know, some Hall of Fame coaches like Lenny Wilkins and Larry Brown and those guys. Yeah. So. Toe the line. You know yeah. what? Uh, we, maybe we should create a new award for Coach Woodson for teams that make it to the second round. We'll, <laughs> we'll call it the Mike Woodson in the Conference Semis Award. And what do you I mean, think? <laughs> Nobody beats the Wiz. How about those guys, huh? Yeah, how about those guys? Are they the hot team? Uh, Is that the team no one wants to play? They're they're the team nobody but the Heat wants. We have to a play. live live scoreboard update. Yeah, it's, it's still fifty six. Indiana forty three. Still at half. Yep. They turned it off. I don't I think mean, the Pacers have a shot against the Wizards. How about them apples? I, I agree with you. You know, teams that that have that all defensive philosophy, they're just as flawed as the DeAnthony teams. I mean, Anthony, you saw, you saw, Mike Anthony teams. You saw, the way Indiana mm-hmm. celebrated after winning their series, like they just did something big. Like, <laughs> they rediscovered Roy Hibbert. That's all they did. They just simply <sighs> rediscovered him. But he's he's been Hashim Tabit for the last two weeks. I, I've enjoyed the the Pacers, their style of ball and what they've played I mean, up until recently, yeah, and, and well, their big the you thing. know their their big flop uh, heading into the playoffs. But previous to that, you know what got them to where they were that that big man play that that. Tough yeah, defensive play. I really enjoyed that the because big that, loads. Yeah. that harkened back to, you know, what I view as the golden age of, of, the, yeah, of the NBA, what we all grew up with watching. 
Yeah, right. like, it's really not. And that's why I was rooting for Memphis Grizzlies too. But then Zebo went and did something stupid like that. You know, I thought it was going to work out for them after the first I half. I shouldn't even get suspended for that. Honestly. No, like, it was a considering tough deal. the guy's rap sheet, right? That the guy Adam, what's his, I don't remember his last name. Steve Adams. Exactly. Stephen Adams. Adams. Sam Adams. Yeah. Sam, whatever. Like the beer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got a rap he's sheet. He's got a rap sheet. He's in, induced like seven or eight guys to get suspended or fined this year. Oh, so so OKC has an And enforcer. the magnitude of a game seven, a big fine would have done it for me. I don't think they should have suspended him, but shame on him for, you know, giving in. Well, talk about dynasties that may have expired before they even won a championship. What's up with the Thunder? I mean, we know that the Gri- the Grizzlies are kind of like their kryptonite, but there's been times out there in this first-round series that they looked like a team that was just learning how to play with each other, not two wow. superstars that have played alongside each other for six years. Yeah, they consistency. I mean, as great as Westbrook <laughs> is, you know, and, and I give him all the due in the world, I just absolutely hate his style of basketball, but he's still a hell of a player. But there's no excuse for him to be taking 10 more shots than Kevin Durant. Exactly. Yeah. You, he, you feels himself. Scorer, he feels himself be, heavy, that guy. ball should be in a chance every possession, period. Well, that's the problem that the Knicks have. You have one guy that balls in his hands every possession. Well, yeah. You don't have a team anymore. Yeah, well, okay. Well, so, yeah, they... the, the, the difference really comes down to it is does the team have someone else as another option? With the Knicks, they really didn't. With with you know KC with OKC that they there was more than one player there, you know there was more than Durant the Knicks so other than Carmelo Anthony who's there who's who, who's who's the guy taking over J.R. Smith Tim yeah, Hardaway okay. next year hey Tim Hardaway he the, they got to clear that set, jam. J.R. Smith set a record nobody else even thought about setting most three pointers <laughs> attempted Attempts. in a game we say that there every week go. since it happened <laughs> <laughs> well I mean it's still it like shocking like you just wanted to be Coach Woodson's uh, Josh Smith. Uh, I saw JR. Yep. I saw JR. I mean, Woody was happy with it. You saw him smiling on the bench during that game, right? He always had a thing for JR. He's, he's had a thing for JR from the beginning. I th- right. He's viewed him as a, like a mentor, like a relation, like that mentor, mentor yeah. relationship the same with JR. Thing with uh, Josh Smith. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. Back, well, to, back to getting paid and getting chunky right there. You know, Josh Smith, if he just stays away from that three point shot altogether, he's an amazing player. But the, the problem, problem is, is he hits him once in a while. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, hey, it's not like he's a 25% shooter. Now, listen, he, he should have yeah, been an all-star well, a couple of years ago. He just stopped shooting the three. Every year I think he should be an all-star. <laughs> I mean, like, I really love Josh Smith. I really do. Josh Smith? No, actually, yeah, the, his when field the, goal percentage, though, hurts him a lot. And his free throw percentage is just terrible. Yeah, he takes some bad shots. Well, no, no, it's just those threes. Like, I used to actually go to Heat versus Hawks games. Like, when I had choices, when the Heat weren't so good, and I'd be like, ah, you know, I'd skip a game here or there. And I'd just be like, I want to go to the Hawks game, even though they're like a 19-win team. We used to right. call them the the lowly Hawks right? because every single like article that you ever read about the Hawks would call them the lowly Atlanta Hawks. So we called them the Atlanta lowly Hawks. But they had that kid, Josh Smith, and he was like jumping on two pogo sticks. I was oh, actually yeah, at I the uh, All-Star man. game in Denver when he uh, put it down for the cha- for the slam dunk title. You remember? How many guys win the slam dunk, dunk title the old, and then do uh, anything important on the court? No brought out the old Dominique jersey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, look at Vince Carter still going strong. Oh, that's true. I, I, I heard Toronto's looking to sign Vince chugging. Carter, I read today. Full circle? Again? Yeah, bring Full him back. Full circle. There you go. He had a good year this year, Vince Carter. Now, 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 for those of you out there who didn't see it, Vince Carter actually hit his very first buzzer beater uh, for, for, for a playoff game. And the man's, what, 36 now, 37? Yeah, he had a great yeah. year. He's, He's still going strong. Years. Vince Carter, Hall of Famer, right? 
first battle. Oh yeah, absolutely. Vincent Vincent the college, throwing the He's college invincible. and puts him over the top probably. <laughs> oh yeah, he is His a college graduate. <laughs> yeah, no, he had a great run with Rawa, remember? Well, I, didn't he skip a playoff game to go graduate college? That was that was like a huge to do. That was almost like the curse of the Raptors there. Your best player yeah, goes Yeah, that in. was like their best year, I think, too. The year they made the second round, game seven, with AI, the MVP year. Yeah. yeah. I think that was the year, yeah. That was the last time they won a a, a playoff basketball game, actually. Who's that? Toronto? Yeah, the yeah. Series, yeah. Yeah, they, their fans oh, were starved. Right. Did you, did you guys see the the live feeds? Where oh they yeah, showed people the, outside. Yeah, yeah. the 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 the, uh, the whole stadium was swamped outside. I mean, they had, the crowd yeah. that was outside was amazing just to watch the game in the street. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. The plaza was they like blown it. up. Like soccer style. They were into it, eh? Yes, a. Eh? <laughs> I like the USA chants in Brooklyn too, though. Those are pretty good. Old WWF USA. <laughs> USA. That was pretty funny. I still look. I still <laughs> give the Toronto Papers credit for the best line of the first round of the playoffs. They called it "Dinos versus Raptors." <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. So, I mean, one guy that we haven't talked about is uh, certain drastic fanatics' favorite, yeah. Andre Blatch. Andre, that's the factor right here. That's the factor. The Blatch factor. Andre Blatch. He he made a, a he Joe Willie Namath-style promise. He actually made a bad play at the end of one of the games there in Toronto. Remember when he like he got an offensive rebound and then he kicked it out instead of going up with it? They were down by one. He didn't know what the, he got lost the score was. He got lost for a second, yeah. But only one bad play because he's in a contract here. Oh, so. There's nothing right. like Andre Time Blatch to get in a fat Before here. he gets chunky, right? <laughs> well, I was reading about it, and he could—if he could t- had taken more money from the Nets, it would have like it, he wouldn't have made that much more, you know. Like I if, think he—I think he should go back to uh, bullets full circle. Back is to there, the bullets, yeah, for Audrey. Just, Audrey Blatch is a bullets. bullet. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to play a shooting guard back then, though. Uh, was, I mean, I just like remember Josh he Smith. was isolating out on the perimeter, and now he's all the Nets have to protect the paint. Besides KG, but he's limited. Well, it was up sixty three fifty seven forty left in the third. I have a question for you. Who, oh, who scares you in the playoffs at this point as a Heat fan? What what is what's a scary scenario? What team don't you want to see from here on out? Uh, well, I mean, on paper, I mean, Brooklyn got a few wins out of us during the season, and that's just you know, and Garnett. I mean, and Paul Pierce Garnett always gives a, you headaches. Garnett, Wade's health. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns. Even even Sean Livingston <laughs> is a huge unknown because. I mean, when he gets it on, he's a hell of a very solid, safe, clean ball handler. And then Alan Anderson, is just, it's going to come down to the benches a lot. Yeah. I mean, this series actually looks like it's going to be, it's going to go down. Um, I, I'm, I'm, as I mentioned earlier, I, I think the Wizards are going to beat the Pacers in six. And the Wizards are I'm just a that. team that's really starting to reinvent itself, but I mean, you got a lot of hard workers on that team. Ariza has turned back the clock a few years. Bradley Beal showing up as one of the best shoot, catch shooters in the league. And, I mean, John Wall. I mean, next year people are going to have a serious conversation about how John Wall John Wall among the best point guards in the league. Well, he's, he, he figured out, Wall figured yeah, out that it's Gortati. upstairs. Yeah, definitely. It's upstairs that, that makes it count. I mean, yeah. just being a physically bestial player doesn't make you a great baller. But I'll tell you, if I was worried about one team, I'd be worried about the Oklahoma City Thunder. If Russell Westbrook goes down and Perkins goes down, and then maybe their coach also gets injured, they could actually beat the Miami Heat. That's my big concern because, I mean, they're never going to do it. But 
when they put Perkins on the floor, their team stalls. Westbrook yeah. is the guy that wins the game or loses the game for you, often in the same game. In fact, that's his specialty. I mean... 43 shot attempts. Remember that final game? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they had Harden too, and it was like, yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, they just got to keep peeling the layers away. And it'll be Durant by himself with a couple of good role players. No, if it was Durant, Lamb, Reggie Jackson, Ibaka, a guy who's come a long way. I mean, did you guys know that Ibaka has a jump shot? Yeah, he's shooting threes now. And threes, right? That's not unbelievable. When you have all year to work on this, and you actually give a, you know, what we can't say yeah. on the radio. You can actually do a lot with a basketball. Well, I have a friend right now. His his voice is in my head right now saying, don't forget about Derek Fisher. Don't forget about Derek Fisher. That wily veteran's still there. He'll be on the Nick bench uh, next year. (laughs) I mean, I I would worry about as a Heat fan. I mean, who who would guard LaMarcus Aldridge if you ever wound up playing Portland? You think Portland has what it takes to get all the way? Okay, you know what? We got to talk about Portland when we come back. We're going to take a really short break. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. We'll be right back with the Drastic Fanatic and crew talking NBA basketball. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find us online at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. That, that song was a great song. To the Isaac Austin days. Can You Feel the Heat by uh, N Focus. The year I graduated college. It feels, man, of just Tim Hardaway and Zoe. Well, you know, I, I mean, I love Danger Flow's season. new heat anthem. Let's hear that one, the, the Crown. Days. I mean, that's that's a much better song. You know, Hold they've on. been Hold on the show too. Me. Hold my headset for me. I can't <laughs> listen to it. You don't have to pull it all the way up, but bring it up like like nice and soft there. Oh, there we go. I love that song. See, they're talking about the Crown. This is something that the Miami Heat get at the end but of the this season. Wasn't, this wasn't written for the for them. This was, was this is written for them basically. I mean, it's licensed by them. This is an official oh, okay. track for the Miami Heat. Wow. Yeah, are you Beasley on the track or what? No, Beasley is not on this track. <laughs> this is pure danger flow. Danger, danger flow. This is not the Super Bowl shuffle. No, that's what I'm saying, man. The Miami Heat have good music. We don't have William the Perry, you know, William Perry the refrigerator on our song. We are the best shuffling crew, shuffling on down, doing it for you. We are so bad, you know we're good. <laughs> Look, this is what championship teams do. They they have songs Make that mediocre. inspire them, you know. I mean, it's like awesome. Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> Except that you know, there's basketball. <laughs> you got your Game of Thrones guy. Oh uh, yeah, I, I recently got into it. I started. Uh, I watched all three seasons in about a two week span and got current and love it. It's awesome. I haven't I haven't checked in yet. You watch highly it? recommended. Oh, yeah. I, I was. Oh, you turned them on. For like yeah, the first three seasons. I'm telling him you got you got to watch this. You got to watch this. Eh, 
na, not my thing. <laughs> Better late than never. Better late than never. And speaking Thank God of for late, Netflix. Yep. Speaking of late, okay, the Portland Trailblazers. We're talking about a team. They they actually had the Dude. biggest collapse of any second half Dude. collapse of any team a few years ago. Um, they had the largest point differential, and and now they're. That was one of the greatest like a real contender. That was one of the greatest endings ever. Damian Lillard is the truth, man. He, he is slick. Well, yeah. no, I thought Paul Pierce is the truth. Nah, but he's the, so the if, new, if the new truth. The answer, truth. If yeah. Iverson's the answer and Pierce is the truth, then what's Lillard? The question. <laughs> the question. <laughs> well, okay, just for our audience, if you did not catch this game six of the Houston Rockets-Portland Trailblazers series, uh, Portland took the first two games on the road against the Rockets. Uh, the Rockets battled back to force a game six in Portland. And with 0.9 seconds left, Damian Lillard hit a three-point shot that, I mean, people it was, As soon as he broke free, it, it, you knew he was going to hit that shot. He was so open across the middle when he received the ball that there was no way he was missing it. And, you know, Chandler Parsons, he went from hero to goat in point. Six five seconds, right? Exactly, because <laughs> he was extremely late switching on that. Yeah, coming over those picks. Because that that's that's the crazy thing is before that three, there was the the score change right there. At that yeah, it point was him. The same man who got underneath lost. with yep. the rebound. So I mean, they were they were uh, they were up, then they were down, and then that three, boom, put him right back over and ended the game. I mean, it crazy. was that's what it was. That's what made it so crazy. And you gotta love Lillard's reaction, man. He was he's a cool cat, man. Yeah, when's <laughs> his contract? He up? is a smooth cat. Uh, he's in his second year, man. He's locked down for a while. He's he's, he'll be a restricted so, free no agent. No sophomore jinx there. Yeah, I actually thought he was going to oh, have yeah. one too. Right. I didn't think he was going to have a great year this year. Nah, he's proved. Yeah, he's proves. He's legit. Exactly. Well, I, I want to see him do well. I like the Portland Trailblazers and and Aldridge too is getting his due. A lot yeah. of unknowns with that team. I mean, really, what I think is the unsung factor of the Blazers is uh, Matthews and Batum. Yeah, their defense was on the perimeter is just amazing. Batum yeah. do everything. He's like a jack of all trades. Yeah, exactly. Well, the yeah. the, the Pacers Very need to they need to figure out something because they've they've been almost cursed. I mean, I don't want to say a true curse because they didn't do any. You know, there's no Babe Ruth moment with no. them where they yeah. sold the the team, but they've had some terrible luck. Ray Finkel. Yeah, I mean they they the, the Bowie pick. Which just, you know, people get on them for picking that Sam you, Bowie. That sends you back into the Ice Ages. It, it, back in the Ice Ages. But <laughs> then they picked uh, Greg Oden, and uh, yeah. and that, that didn't work hurt. out so well that either. And, uh, uh, yeah. and you know, and then, uh, oh, gosh. You know, it, it haven't been the same since out. Kevin Ducky was in the middle. No, not Kevin Ducky. Uh, <laughs> shoot, man, the guard that uh, had the two knee surgeries. Oh, it's Mighty Mouse. No, not Mighty Mouse. That was Mouse. Toronto. He no, no, not Mighty draft, Mouse. Right. The uh, oh, man. He actually played well there, I think, Mighty Mouse. He no, 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 he was an all-star Toronto. a few years ago, and his his knees gave oh, out. Oh, yeah, Brandon Roy. Brandon yes, Roy. Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, Brandon yeah. Roy and LaMarcus Aldridge were supposed to take these guys to the right. promised well, land, too. Lucky you know? for them, they got Damian Lillard. Well, but you can also – everybody looks at the Sam Bowie and the Greg Oden, but you got to remember they also originally drafted Randy Foy instead of Brandon Roy and Tyrus Thomas instead of LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, LaMarcus Aldridge was the uh, the Knicks pick for the Eddie Curry trade, if you want to go back in the archives. <laughs> they should have been on the Knicks yeah. right then and there. But yeah, but we they, wanted would have, they would have taken Aldridge and if they were on Noah the And too, I think, right? Noah? Uh, Noah's the best. He, he's one of the best players <laughs> in the NBA. Joaquin? Yeah. Uh, you know, he's my yeah. top five. Yeah, he's Love great. Love that guy. Yeah, didn't, didn't they get his draft pick in exchange for Eddie Curry, too? 
Oh, maybe. I'm, I'm pretty sure. sure. Oh. It's like the Hershel 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 trade. Imagine those two guys down low on the same team. Aldridge and Noah, yeah. Oh, man. be dynamic. Yeah, that would be a scary team. Yeah. They only let Isaiah stay on board to draft a few more picks. <laughs> kind of executed. <laughs> we'll see what the Zen Master. I say does, that tongue though. in cheek. Yeah, I, I think the Zen Master is going to participate in quite a few fantasy drafts since the Knicks have no draft picks left. Uh. Let me ask you a question: Is Mark Jackson, if he gets the can over there, does he become a, a candidate? Is that why they haven't named Steve Kerr yet? Maybe. Well, I saw that they, Steve Kerr was actually uh, the Warriors were interested in Steve Kerr also. And he is a West Coast guy, so maybe I, I wouldn't mind Mark Jackson at all. Well, uh, as long as Kerr produces the same results. For any team he coaches for that he produced yeah. as the GM for Phoenix, oh, I'll be happy. But you know what? I really can see fan. it more so as a GM than a head coach for some reason. He really? looks more, yeah. But like I said, I'm cheering for him to get a GM position anywhere, right. anywhere at all. You know, he's the one that pulled the trade on the Shaq deal. Yeah. Like he pulled the trigger I think Mark, and I think, Shaq to the desert. Yeah, I think if Mark Jackson Cactus. and Phil Jackson <laughs> sat down. <laughs> I've seen cactuses that are faster than Shaquille O'Neal at that point in his career. Uh, here come the Pacers. That was awesome in Phoenix those two years. Yeah, how many championships did they win? Well, none, but I mean, like, you still play like an all-star. Just the smug Heat fan. <laughs> how many championships did they win? <laughs> I, mean, I was watching him, though. He was, like, running up and down the court. I mean, like, he had the last bit of fire in him. You know, he still played like an all-star and everything. That was just a bad team to play for, though. Yeah, well, they had D'Antoni. They weren't going to go far. So is this the last? Is this the last run for you guys? Is the core going to get broken up after this year? Win, lose, or draw? Or no, you guys no, going to no. be able one to keep more, Dwayne Wade? And Let me tell you, keep all the the, the probably come back main players. More. So is it 2010 again? You guys think LeBron's going to go to New York? No, yeah. I don't think he's two <laughs> years. The question is, does, does 2015? He's there. Mark my words. <laughs> Does Wade take a pay cut to stay and win, or does he look to get paid? That's the, that's the real no, question. Listen, Wade, they're all staying because they no, all have no. the LeBron option LeBron James is in New York in 2015. Save the tapes, bro. First. Okay, we'll <laughs> save the tape. Hold on. Uh, Hector, you got you to gotta make note, comment on this podcast once we release it on SoundCloud. And by the way, uh, folks, if you're on SoundCloud, you can check us out. It's SoundCloud.com slash Grant Stern. And we just added the show to iTunes. So you're going to have to listen to this on iTunes. Is, Down have, in 2015. He has the coolies to come to New York. Huh? What? You think he's going to go to New York, right? He has nah, the coolies. No he no, up so, in Brooklyn. Look, yeah, I can see maybe Brooklyn. Uh, Dwayne Wade is sticking around because might be he's not going to get $25 million a year anywhere else. And that's roughly what he's But he's going to get it here, though? I mean, how are they yeah, going to afford Yeah, he's under contract. He's Wade under contract. Going I, thought he was, I thought, doesn't he need an extension or doesn't he, isn't he looking no, for no, no, a Kobe, no, 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 no. Kobe Every single member Legacy of the Big Legacy extension. Three. Listen, all the Big they're Three signed six-year deals. They're not here for three. They're not here for four. Right. They're not here for five. When did they stop? You're learning. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. You know, after 23 weeks of training these Knicks fans, eventually yeah. they catch on. It's great. Yeah. You hypnotized me just, just <laughs> hypnotized. to repeat. Just to repeat it. <laughs> not two, not three, like it's not four. Uh, look, exactly. they, they gave Thund- all three of them Thunder six-year Dan. deals. And the reason that was strategically important is that LeBron and Bosch, if they both stay through the sixth season, they'll mm-hmm. be eligible for one more maximum contract. Okay, and that's very important because Wade will not. Wade is not max contract eligible once he exits the next two years. In fact, uh, he would have to opt out, I think, this year to get another max deal. But she's not going to do that? No, 
he's not doing nobody's going to do it, man. He if he opted out, he'd lose money. Okay. I mm-hmm. mean, in the fair market with his health and the fact that he can't play 82 games. Don't they all have one-year player options right now this coming year? Mm-hmm. So they're all going to exercise that, and then they're going to break up the band. Yeah, but they Wait will go to, wait go to the Bulls, go back home. <laughs> LeBron will go to the Knicks or Brooklyn. Bosh will go back Bosch... to Jurassic Park. <laughs> back to Jurassic Park? I don't know about that one. Bosh, nah, Bosh might stay around. <laughs> <laughs> You've been visiting Jurassic Park a lot lately, huh, Lefty? Huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah. stick around. It's just a matter of having other players um, in the Heat's rotation step up. How much you longer still, does Pat Riley hang out for? St- they're not an old team, though. Can't they speak a bad word about him. coming into their own. Norris Cole, Michael Beasley, still the youngest player on the team. You're going to build a team they, right, they, the around Mike Beasley? <laughs> He's younger yeah, than we're building around Beasley. Absolutely. Okay. I'm just kidding. Good luck with all that. Now, you know what? Beasley is there to soak up minutes this season, and so is Greg Oden. I think Greg Oden actually played a fantastic role. He convinced the Pacers single-handedly that they needed to sign Bynum just to keep him off of our roster. <laughs> uh, what do you think about that? Why else did the, the, the Pacers sign Bynum and Bailey Circus? Yeah. Terrible. The Bynum <laughs> and Bailey Circus. No, why you saw else? that accident, by the way? Oh, my God. Did you see that? What accident? Human chandeliers fell from the sky in Rhode Island. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Was There's nice. gruesome blood everywhere. Yeah. Human Cir- chandeliers. Yeah, the, these guys were like hanging from a chandelier and the thing buckled and they all flew down like 30 feet. Uh, am I the only one that goes to the circus like hoping for that to happen? It never does. <laughs> if you were in Rhode Island, the <laughs> dream would have came true. <laughs> it make me a bad person. But no, that, that's, that's why there's YouTube. Yeah, exactly. In a word. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, where were we? Let's talk about that. Bailey Circus, right. So, I mean, really, like like Odin soaked up a lot of minutes that uh, Udonis Haslam would have had to play. And Udonis has a terrible injury that he's rehabbed from, which is the Lisfranc. Oh, the word, yeah. No one knows how to heal that one yet. Well, well they do. They do. It's called how come there's no telethon less. for this Lisfranc? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a different, different lady. Uh-huh. Um but, yeah, they, they do know how to heal it. It's called play very, very much less, and you can still play. <laughs> That's go. what Ronnie Brown is doing. Oh. No, Speaking Ron, of Ronnie Brown. Ronnie Brown, Brown is Ronnie still – he, where did Brown that is, guy come from? Uh, you know I what? met Ronnie Brown live. I uh, got an autographed Auburn helmet, and I devalued the, my helmet. It was signed by Bo Jackson on one side, and, and I had Brown Ronnie Brown sign the other side. <laughs> <And> I devalued <laughs> the Bo Jackson helmet. Yeah. That's tough, man. I thought it was going to be hot stuff. Well, Hey, Ronnie knows Liz Frank. Hey, he's still going strong, though. He's chugging away. No, no, that's the thing. He's he's the second back. He's exceeded the average running back life uh, shelf life, life shelf life. Shelf, shelf life. Yeah, no, no, no. He, he's the second back, but that's the thing. He can't handle that, you know, featured back load. But, I mean, I think he, he had something like 500 yards uh, receiving yeah. this year, and and that's how it is. You just can't continue on. You would on take like him back, right? Uh, yeah. Full circle? Hey, listen, he went to more playoffs games in the last couple of years than the Dolphins did. So, Grant, the Jets are picking in front of the uh, Dolphins. Oh, draft year. time. When are we no, supposed well, to? They're, they're picking behind the Dolphins. We have a few minutes. You want to do a no, little behind. draft? In front. Okay, talk to me here. You guys are up on it. Are you I, sure? We are, yeah. No, no, no. Yes, no, 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 no. The I Dolphins think, I, are. I think Grant's actually right. I, no, I, it's Ravens, Jets, Dolphins. 
No, no, no. I can't because the, the, the Jets out? won that last game, remember? And that means that the Jets put my reputation behind the Dolphins. Uh, and they got the tougher schedule. That's why God created the internet. Let's go. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> we, we pick right in front of you guys this year. Yeah. Well, actually, the, the Jets pretty much fouled this next season by winning that game against the Dolphins because now every difficult game is on the road. You play the number two teams instead of the number three teams in all the conferences. Uh, are, are, you saying, are you saying it should have been better that we lost to you guys? Yeah, you should have tanked yeah. it. That never, that's never. Never, never is that yeah. really. No. Suck for luck. Remember Sorry. that one? <laughs> we should have <laughs> sucked for luck better, too. Maybe that, yeah, maybe that train of thinking is, uh, doesn't, Ireland, doesn't breed winning football. Now, wait, a second. Of that? wait <laughs> a second. If the Dolphins had sucked for luck, right. we would have... What have the Colts done compared well, to the Dolphins? Compared to what you have now, which is Mark Sanchez about a year earlier than we had him. I think Tannehill's just Ooh. not oh. not having it. No, not no, having no, no. it with Tannehill. Listen, Tanny is, is you just you just have another year to make the decision. You have look, another year of languishing with with a terrible quarterback. Tanny is no Mark Sanchez. He's more like David Carr. Well, yeah, Sanchez went to two AFC Championship games, so I mean, he has a way to go to get to that. There are names that appear in our show every week. He's one of them. <laughs> Sanchez. Sanchez. Sanchez and Carr. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> well, Mets leading 3 nothing. Top six. John East rocking the Marlins to bed tonight. Yeah. So uh, I had to interject. Well, uh, hey, New listen, York, Florida battle. The, the, the Marlins have been looking good so far this year. Good homestand right now. One game out. One game yeah, out. Jose Fernandez is nice. the... Mets Real been, truth. That Mets have been exceeding expectations as well. Yeah. Is there anyone in the stadium actually watching this? Jam packed. They're waiting for us. It's You want to head over there? Uh, it's I'm thinking six. about it. Right no, jam packed yesterday. <laughs> the entire now they didn't open up the upper yeah. upper upper jam. It's a beautiful night here in the top Florida. No, 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 not top half. Top the the just a little tiny part in the top uh, in the you know like like the 300 level or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they have like two levels in the outfield, and the club level is actually totally packed as well. Well, it is Miami. It's all about the club, right? Isn't there a club out there? There's neon and salsa yeah, everywhere, Papa. There's the club level, and there's the Clevelander club. That's different. Uh, oh, the yeah. Clevelander is at, like under the bullpen. I want to go to the real Clevelander. Other than, and then the as opposed to <laughs> Dolphin Stadium with the – Club live right. They have club I, live. Yeah, you you see the, the what, what's going on there. It's all it's all about like the, the nightlife in Miami. To the- uh, you know what that's about. Uh, they have a private elevator for VIPs to you know bring them up to club live. Uh-huh. That's really what that's about. I. <laughs> I would, took a tour of the stadium. If we weren't on public radio, I'd tell you what it's really about. <laughs> <laughs> Late breaking news: the Jets to pick at eighteen, the Dolphins to pick at nineteen. Really? Yes, How'd that sir. happen? Yeah. That's so bizarre. So who are we going to snatch away? What are the Dolphins' needs in That's, the draft? Man? You lost twice right O-line. there. That's even O-line. better. O-line. You, you guys are picking all offensive linemen? <laughs> Us? No, 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 you guys need all linemen more than we do. You oh, kidding yeah. me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's pretty bad. I think our whole entire That's O-line what? should be, I think, the true victim of the bullying scandal. Yeah. <laughs> Was your whole line <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Well, we're keeping Pouncey. What does that tell you? Yeah. They gave him a big extension, didn't they? Not a big extension. They just picked up Mini his extension? fifth year. Oh, okay. It, yeah, I mean, basically, like, you know, you you draft a guy in the first round and you give him a five, four-year deal with a fifth-year option. And yeah, no character issues. Extend them. <laughs> oh, yeah, none at all, man. Ending wow. the season at the Dolphins again this year. Jets at Dolphins for, like, the fifth uh, happy time New in the Year's. last five happy years. Happy New Year's. It feels like. Always the last game down December here. 28th, right? The 28th is, yeah, is the date. I think the last time we played him at the beginning of the year down here was the, the Favre year. And that just makes no sense. It's hot as heck down yeah. here. and 
Makes, I, makes no sense. I got heat stroke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You you wear the jerseys at nylon and then 100 degrees. It's it's tough for opposing teams to come out here. That's why the Dolphins yeah. used to win every game in September. Right. And, then <laughs> Dece- yeah, and then December came and, yeah. Yeah, then Steve Ross came along and won a lot of nighttime oh, games, and that yeah. didn't work out so good. J-Lo. I got to tell you that the new management has been pleasantly surprising me over at the Dolphins. They why, actually, why is that? They discovered something that nobody else at Dolphins headquarters had discovered in the last 10 years. And that is? Customer service. Wow. Yeah. Really? Seriously. They're like, we actually want your business and we care. Well, I, I keep getting the phone calls for season tickets. I, I love telling them I'm, a, I'm the <laughs> enemy. I'm not really going to do anything with them. I think my Jets oh, tickets should be more saleable this year. Really? Yeah. yeah. A couple home Monday night games. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good. Great, great a home good, schedule. Uh, yeah. Tailgate Joe will have him in as uh, the season approaches again. He could discuss his fanfare <laughs> outside the stadiums. Yeah, the no legendary, legendary tailgater. We're we're expecting a pretty good season this year. Yeah, a lot of good, lot of good teams at home that we're playing against. The two Monday night games. Yeah, Play Monday and night against the uh, home Monday Dolphins nighters. also. And and you know what? You've got Chris Sims. Perfect nah. jet season. Great, <laughs> you should come up against the uh, Dolphins. Brooklyn. Check out tailgatejoe.com. I, I think that's the word. I think I might have to go up to NYC and check out the Dolphins with the, the New York Dolphins Club. Oh, that's right. They're out there. I'm friends with those Brooklyn. guys, too. Brooklyn. So that's all we've got for tonight's show. This is the Only in Miami show. You can find us online at www.onlyinmiamishow.com. Drastic Tailgate Joe. Lufty, thanks for coming out tonight. Thank you. you Always great time, talking bro. sports with you. Christian, thanks for coming on for the heatfanclub.com. And thank you so much to the Miami Heat Wheels, Coach Parnes Conright and Derek Hughes and Mike Esposito and Shayna Allen. This is the Only in Miami show, and we'll be back next month. Monday night.